If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, observing the return of wonder and curiosity. Curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience for young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. Did you know that Outdoor Classrooms improve children's emotional, intellectual, and behavioral development while helping foster the development of creativity, problem-solving, independence, and confidence? The problem is, overwhelm, fear, and a lack of time can often make achieving any Outdoor Classroom vision into reality more trouble than it's worth. Did you know that we have a membership community at Outdoor Classrooms? It's the leading training community for educators and parents interested in cultivating outdoor classrooms and creating nature-based curriculum. It's a membership to support, collaborate, educate, and bring like-minded educators together. And it's packed with in-depth, practical training and resources for all aspects of planning, running, and growing a sustainable outdoor classroom, plus the community support you need to ensure your teaching gardens achieve their full potential. Today we are in for a treat. We have Erin Majeski from the Barefeet Farm School. She is a mother, wife, dreamer, kitchen experimenter, wannabe gardener, nature explorer, and founder of Barefeet Farm School. When she's not in the outdoor classroom with preschoolers, she loves to enjoy the beautiful Pacific Northwest with her family and make as much music as possible. Without further ado, Erin Majeski. Hello, we are here with Erin from the Bare Feet Farm School. Hello, Erin. Hi, Victoria. Welcome, welcome. So we have a special treat today because Erin, this is an outdoor classrooms tour and talk. For those that are listening on the podcast, our members get to actually see these incredible pictures of all these wonderful outdoor classrooms from around the country. So where's your school again, Erin? Whitman, Washington, in the northwest corner of the United States. Today we have a treat because she has given us two videos really showcasing her space. But before we get into that, I wanted to just ask you, Erin, how did you come to the world of outdoor classrooms and nature-based education and what brought you here? Yeah, uh, I started as a preschool teacher. That's the only real, in quotes, like the real grown-up job I've ever had. <laughs> um, so I started at a really classic American preschool. So we were mostly indoors. We were doing sign-ins and circle time and all of the like very specific curriculum-based preschool things, a lot of assessing, a lot of lining up at the door, all the all the things that we don't do at my school. That's a spoiler. Um, so <laughs> I started at, at that preschool. And then in 2020, I needed a summer job. And so I 
am really lucky and grateful to have access to property that my family owns that has, it's 15 acres and it's half field and half forest. So that summer I had what I called summer camp with Aaron and I invited kids to come hang out with me in a field and it changed my life and it changed my career. I didn't realize what I had been missing or how much learning could happen outside compared to what we were doing inside. So I went back to the my old job at the indoor preschool that next year for the school year. And it was harder than it ever was before because I knew what was possible. And I had just come out from this amazing summer of just learning wildly with children. Wow. And so, so I spent the school year at that indoor preschool. And then that next summer, we had our first summer camp as Bare Feet Farm School. So I hired an employee. We had three kids on the first day. We had 12 kids on the last day. And then we had our first school year, which was, let's see, the fall of 2021. So we just finished our second school year, but this is our fourth summer camp. Wow. So when you started and you had this experience, you just were sort of hanging out with kids in a field. Did you know about nature-based education? Did you know about outdoor classrooms? Were you familiar with this world or it was just something that came naturally? Kind of, you know, I'm such a dreamer that I can't really remember how it happened. It was just like a perfect accident. But I I know that I had been in some outdoor classrooms before. There are other outdoor schools around me in Bellingham. And I also always think about what is an outdoor school or like a nature school. And then what is a school that is outside? Those feel like mm-hmm. two separate mm-hmm. things to me. So uh we're coming, my school, Barefoot Farm School is coming from more of a school outside point of view rather than coming in from like the forest schooling background. So shall we look at your school? So yeah, we, let's do we it. have two, let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to, I'll just start it and you, well, do you want to explain a little bit of what's going on here before we have the sure. video go? Yeah. I'd be happy to just explain as we go. Cool. Okay. Perfect. Cool. I'll try to keep up with myself. So this is... <laughs> Uh, This is walking from our parking lot into our welcome center. That is the welcome shelter. That's my baby Luke in his stroller. (laughs) He waves. (laughs) Uh, It says welcome to playgroup because that day we were having toddler playgroup. So uh, families come here, they sign in. We have our lost and found, a few books, a few art supplies across the field. You can see our classroom. There's the shelter, the triangle house, the outhouse, and the boat. I'm pointing and then all kinds of things in between. So yeah, for playgroup and for preschool, uh, people come here and we gather and then we walk over to the classroom together. That's beautiful. So that is the Welcome Center. And yeah. again, for all those that are listening, it's very much worth becoming a member and being able to see these beautiful images and pictures. I'm going to now go to the second one, which is your actual classroom tour. Yes, our classroom is a fenced space in a field that's like 60 by 200 feet with trees on one side and then a horse pasture on the other. It's really, it's an interesting, it's a fascinating space. So I, I can't wait for you to describe it. So, and again, Ooh. ask me to pause at any point if you, or I'll pause if we want to go elaborate into any one of these spaces. So here we go. Sure. So this is our classroom. We're walking up from the gate at the bottom of the hill. We have all kinds of things laid out. There's some like sports supplies, balls and rackets and stuff. There's an easel that has a window in it so kids can paint on both sides together. 
there's a workshop that day. It was set out with uh, like flowers and things. This was filmed in the early spring. So we just set out materials for the kids and then they use them however they will. And then we're going over towards our mud pit, which is a mud pit. Um, it has all kinds <laughs> of tools around it, like uh, kitchen supplies and shovels and muffin tins and a chair. It's really helpful to have this video, a teapot and sponges. Um, <laughs> we, we call it our mud workshop, not our mud kitchen, because uh-huh. it's not necessarily a kitchen. Um, mm. It could be anything. Uh, we have just planted our garden in this video, and Beautiful. now our garden's huge. It's fun to see this. We planted it. We built it all together as a preschool class and then planted it with our families as an after-school party. Oh, fun. I love yeah, so, this. So this is your... You. Can you describe... This is a... Tra- uh, how do you describe this? It's an A-frame. It's an 8 by 8 foot A-frame with greenhouse panels as the roof, and then a wind, a sliding window in the back, and the front is open. Yeah, this is what we call our triangle house, and we built it because we have our other shelter space, which is a 10 by 20 rectangular three-sided shelter. But in the wintertime, when we have 12 kids in our preschool class, and we're all eating lunch, if 10 kids are eating lunch in our tiny shelter, and it's raining or snowing, and then two kids are done with their lunch, and they want to play it's super inconvenient so we have two shelter spaces uh, and this is our second that we just built this year actually our triangle house and so what made you design it as a triangle house I mean it's very unique yeah I think actually I saw it for the first time on Pinterest I saw something like this it just looks really inviting also we had the platform. Well, yeah. We might talk about our, the previous iterations of our classroom, but we had the eight by eight foot platform in an old part of our classroom. So we moved that over and then built the A-frame on top. That's brilliant. I love it. Thank you. I love it. And Scott, yeah, oops. my husband built all of these things. I'm super impressed and grateful for him. <laughs> so it's got all these books inside. It's really fun. Yeah, thank you. Okay. And we keep going past the oak tree, which was actually the first thing that was there. Laid out there some scarves and other, I don't know, manipulatives. Up in this corner, there's some willow trees that are planted. We call this our willow corner. And there's a lot of like forts get built up there. Then we have garbage and recycling and compost. And then we go into our big... Your other shelter. Yeah, our big shelter. Uh, It's a 10 by 20 foot... Uh, lean-to shelter and on the side it has it has one back wall with plywood and then two sides are two by four slats so we weave canvas through the slats in the winter time and then take them out in the summer uh, so it has a big shelving unit on the back it has books and trains and blocks and tinker toys and art supplies all kinds of things that kids might need on the bottom and on the top it has our teacher supplies uh, cleaning supplies and things so there's yeah. all kinds of loose parts and markers and tape and Scissors, tops and seashells, a scale, tweezers, puzzles, brooms. There's, go ahead. No, it's just all there. It's just so fun. And it's not sort of, you know, it's rustic, which is really kind of fun. I mean, you're on a farm. So it's, yeah, it's definitely, it seems like you have everything that you need and it's organized and, uh, but it has a very rustic and everything's labeled. Everything's, I love that. There's a, tornado machine <laughs> uh, we <laughs> yeah we try to to take a, a little bit of a Reggio Emilia pr- approach and make it beautiful make it organized and accessible and also we're outside and things get dirty and so finding a middle ground yeah 
Over here, we have our calendar and our bell ringer list with our preschoolers' names on it. And what's the bell ringer? Can you explain the bell ringer to us? Yeah, we have various jobs. Actually, where your video is paused, just in the upper right corner, you can barely see our triangle bell. It's just like a a dinner bell um, Mm -hmm. on the outhouse there. And yeah, when we clean up or transition to a new space, uh, a kid rings the bell. And it's one of those things where everybody every day says, I want to ring the bell. Can I ring the bell? (laughs) And so we uh, we set up a list. We always have a sign in every day too at, at preschool. So one day that bell ringer list was our sign in. So they came up and wrote or scribbled their names on the list. And then we used that to be our bell ringer list. A little bit of a kind of a a natural way to have classroom jobs. Yeah, very clever. The um, thinking behind how you designed this structure, because it's it's quite large. Yeah. Did you the the first question that that families always ask is, what are you going to do when it rains? Especially we're in the Pacific Northwest and it rains a lot. And I tell them that we'll put on our raincoats. And also we do have a shelter. So it's as big as it can be to avoid um, permitting is the honest answer. It's oh. 10 by 20, 200 square feet. <laughs> um, but we also had a a, um, a community member donate their roof panels. So we kind of designed it around those because oh. they came from an old silo. They're really strong steel roof panels. I love that. I love how you are recycling. You're using what's very resourceful. That's Thank you. Great examples. And and even this, you used a branch as a we did as like a, a railing. A railing, of. yeah. It's a branch. It's it's a branch. Yep, yep. From the maple tree down the hill. Yeah, it's very organic looking. Thank there's you, your son. Hello. Yep. There's Luke. <laughs> our triangle house. We pass, and then we come over towards our building area. So over here, there's irrigation supplies, some lumber offcuts, some pine cones. Lizzie, our one of our teachers, had set up a little like play inspiration there on the table so that kids might interact with it. And then we move over towards a fort that kids made out of pallets. We see Lizzie, one of our teachers setting up for play group. She waves. Um, And then we get to our, our kitchen area where we have our sink with kitchen supplies. So plates and napkins, our drinking water, our silverware, our mugs, our clean towels for drying off our hands. And then our outhouse, which inside has a composting toilet that is not a scary hole in the ground, I will say to families, because that would be a disaster in a preschool classroom. Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's very beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my husband built that one too. I love it. Wow, very handy. A fence is all around this space, so it really defines yep. your boundary. Yeah, it does. It gives us a container, and uh, I will say it's to keep the donkeys out not to keep the kids in but <laughs> it does help yeah <laughs> on the fence there's some pipes hung up that we just saw that kids put balls and water in okay and i'm very curious about this next yeah. very very incredible structure did your husband yeah, this he didn't we actually bought this <laughs> and brought it here on a trailer yes it is a boat it's probably like a i don't know 25 foot big wooden rowboat, I guess, a wooden boat that has like a playhouse built on top out of uh, recycled lumber. So it looks very mismatchy, I don't know, old and upcycled. It has a crab pot chandelier. It has a, a front room and a back room. And inside there's 
like dress up clothes and a table and some books. A lot of dramatic play happens inside of our boat. It's huge. I mean, it's, 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 there's tables and chairs in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just fabulous. I can, I, do they love this space? I mean, it's, they love it. And it, it's, it seems like it also uh, is a, it's right in the center of your outdoor classroom. So it's, it seems like it's a, it's a centerpiece of sorts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can see it from across the field. It also is a really great kind of breaking up spot in the flow of our classroom because it is right in the middle there's field above and field below and Mm -hmm. it is made up of wood that has a lot of knot holes and cracks in it so the kids feel like they are enclosed and in their own world but it has a window in the front and then we can also see and hear through most of the boat Um, so it gives them a space to be by themselves without really being by themselves Right. And they, and kids love hiding places. They love, mm-hmm. and that, and my space, we, we call it the secret gardens because it's a lot of creating those secret spots. And this is exactly mm-hmm. creating that. It's just amazing. <laughs> and you. so can I ask where you found it? Where did, just curious. Yeah, this is where, funny. I got it. I bought it on OfferUp. Would but, you recommend other teachers looking for things on OfferUp? Yeah, I think so. It's really similar to Craigslist. I imagine it's all over the country, maybe even the yeah. world, but it's just an app where people sell stuff. And yeah, I, I love looking through Craigslist for free and Facebook Marketplace and collecting things, all kinds of loose parts, and then also bigger things like this, like the boat. And yeah, stuff. this is huge. <laughs> it's really fun. It was so funny when it came down the road. Oh, I'm sure. So there it is. Are gonna oh, go now in? We're, go- oh, we're going in. No, oh, I think we're going in. Cool. We're going in. Oh, so, yeah. it's got a mirror. Hello. It does for dress up supplies. Hi. So great. A table, a little shelf, porthole, and then the front, which has another shelf with like blankets and books and a little bit of imaginary supplies on it. Oh, they must just love it. And it's got little windows that look like boat windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The person who built it did a really creative job. Yeah. And then out, out from the front, you can see where we were, the triangle house, and then the big shelter and the garden. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. I love showing my classroom to people because I'm just so proud of it. And explaining it reinvigorates the spark for me. There's the crab pot chandelier. Wait, what's interesting is that it started off being a just hanging out with kids. Mm-hmm. And it evolved. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. There's all kinds of little pieces. But yes, yeah, that was the big stuff. So in terms of working with your families, where, do, is, was it hard to find families to come to your program? Uh, what, what do they, do they sort of sign on to being outdoors? Is it all, what, what are the hours? How many kids do you mm-hmm. have? I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have so many answers. Yeah, it actually was a really unexpectedly big struggle to find families. Our county there's a well-known child care crisis in our county and I think around the world, really, it's a big dilemma. Yeah. But I was, I was surprised that it was so hard to find people. However, I understand that we are outside and a little bit cutting edge. Um, and we are full for next school year with our very first wait list. So that is a huge oh, relief. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So where did you look for families? I mean, if you couldn't find yeah, it word, I, of, word, of, word of mouth, Mostly word of mouth and then a little bit of enhanced word of mouth. I emailed every single preschool in our county and asked to be 
on their or to to get their waitlist families. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them did not reply to me. Most of them actually didn't reply to me, which was a, a big kick to the gut. But a few of them, Abby from Loving Space, especially shout out to Abby. She uh, emailed her waitlist and she said that there's this new school and that's really how it started. Uh, yeah. So and then since then, our summer camp families have told people and. Then we've also advertised on Instagram and Facebook and putting up posters wherever we can and going to markets. And whenever I go to the grocery store, I always try to name drop the school. Like somebody will ask me, how was your day? And I'll say, oh, I, it was great. I own a preschool, Barefeet Farm School, and we were outside, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but that's great. mostly word of mouth, short answer. Yeah, that's amazing. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. But I think also, is it hard to explain to your parents that you are the nature-based learning, that they're actually learning things in your program? Was Is that hard to do? or Yeah, it does take a lot of trust, especially since we follow an emergent curriculum and we aren't putting an effort into really teaching the kids anything. And that kind of is, it's hard for families to swallow at first sometimes, but we have an incredible staff that I handpicked from uh, the, the other preschool that I worked at. And we have varying interests in early childhood development. Um, and we know that play-based learning is the way that kids learn. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I have had lots of conversations with families about what will they be learning and what will they do and what about kindergarten and and yeah the more we get the word out uh, the more people trust us and we've found from our experience in a traditional preschool setting versus at our school that we're not trying to teach the kids how to read we're not trying to teach them how to count um, but our outdoor kids can do those things much better than our indoor could, kids could anyway because they're playing and learning while they do it. So it's a very play-based mm-hmm. program, sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So you've got this incredible space and in this field, and you it seems like it just came to you naturally, falling into this this world. Well, kind of. I mean, I, I really do believe it's what I'm made for. And it also is what my education is in. So it's a, yeah. it's a combination of both. But uh, this is my dream job, and I get to do it every day. You now have employed teachers, mm-hmm. which is pretty, mm-hmm. like going from hanging out with kids in a field to not <laughs> being able to get anybody in your program to now you have, how many teachers do you have? I have me and two other staff members. Two other staff? That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so which, thank you. which means how many children do you have? We have 12 kids a day in our preschool class. We have, so I'm, I'm in the classroom. I also have Luke, my baby with me. He's nine months old right now. I have him with me all the time. And that was another part of the dream that I, I wanted to have a job where I could bring my future kids and now we're doing it. And so I say that we have two and a half teachers here because I am at school every day, but I also have Luke with me and I'm also doing some admin when I can. So yeah, Lizzie and Katie and me and Luke and then 12 kids a day. And even just the business side of it, where did you, I know there's a lot of my listeners that, and and even in our uh, circle community that are running their own businesses, just like you are. So where did that skill set come from? A lot of us are educators and we're kind of learning this entrepreneurial skill set. So did that sort of come by trial and error or did you fall into that as well? How does that feel and work and any tips you can give to educators out there? Yeah. Oh gosh. There (laughs) are a lot of 
uh, preschool owners who are in it, including myself, who are in it because they love kids and because they're preschool teachers and not because they're business owners. And they're two very different things. Although the skills that we work with our kids on, so confidence and resilience and um, trusting yourself and trying new things and making mistakes, all of those things that we know how to teach kids how to do are the things that you need to be an entrepreneur as well. Yeah, it's not probably not a very helpful answer, but I no, actually, I, accident, I, I, I think. love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a fantastic answer. Yeah, thank you. I just, I just knew that I wanted a preschool, and I have done what it takes, little by little, to have a preschool. Until now, we're we're four summer camps in, and I never really had a plan. I had a a vision and a dream, but I never had like a two year plan or a five year plan or a business plan, especially. But Recently, after really settling into it and figuring out what it is like to have a school, I am proud to say that I have a two-year plan now, oh. and um, it, <laughs> there's a little bit more of a specific business vision than there used to be, but it took a long time. And did that just become, because was that just because you felt like, oh gosh, now it's time to have a plan? Or did you well, just get some guidance on that? Or how did that come to be? I listen to a ton of podcasts and I'm getting really excited about business recently. Yeah. Um, And also having a baby probably had something to do with it, but also having staff that I just really love and I can't pay them enough. I know that the math of tuition money, funding, living wages, and also having appropriate kid to teacher ratios just doesn't work. You need yeah. some kind of out, outside income stream. That's what the plan is for me is to to create a membership like you maybe or an mm-hmm. online course, maybe some parenting resources so that the school can can pay its staff well and not be outrageously expensive. Yeah, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Thank I love you. I love how you are you have the vision and then you are not afraid and I love that your answer was you know, it's the same thing that we're teaching our children, resilience and all of those wonderful uh, confidence and all of that. And and from that, these other things can blossom. And I love that anything's possible, really. And that's basically, I feel like what you're telling us and sharing with the world is that anything is possible, but it, you have to have that vision it, and having mm-hmm. the vision and make, and then it's once you have that vision and you're willing to take the risk, the rest falls into place. And it seems like that has happened for you. I think it's it's kind of beautiful to see your space. And again, it's it's I, I that excitement of when I look at my space, even you know, like oh that boat and or this or I'm going to add this to it. And it's just this. Yeah. It's like putting a puzzle together. But your your it's sort of it's that's what I love about outdoor classrooms because not one of them is the same, but yet they all have very similar elements mm-hmm. to them. So it's like oh well, this is a and I love how even with your mud kitchen, and you don't necessarily call it a mud kitchen, you call it a mud, mud what'd you call it? Or mud hole or a mud, mud hole. workshop. Yeah. Yes, because it's not necessary, because it, it gives it the opportunity for children to open that up to uh, anything. It can be anything. So I actually love that. I love, I haven't heard that uh, recently. And I bet your kids just, do you see growth and kids blossoming and as opposed to comparing them to the kids that you spent, I just did a whole podcast for, for that will be going up tomorrow um, about kids not spending enough time outdoors. Like 
No one goes outdoors okay. anymore. So really comparing those children that you were taking, you were teaching indoors versus the ones that are outdoors. Do, do you feel like there's a difference? Totally. Yeah. We focus on building community first and foremost. So creating connections between kids and giving them those non-cognitive skills like confidence and resilience uh, because those come first. And if you are not confident, you'll never learn how to write because you, you don't believe in yourself. Um, and then also when we were inside, we spent all of our time telling the kids to not be kids because they needed to walk. They needed to be quiet. They needed to not throw things and kids learn through their bodies. They can't uh, sit still until they have the core strength to do so. And they get the core strength by running and tumbling and climbing. So uh, it's it's super important for them to be outside and moving and have the freedom to be kids. And uh, we see a huge difference. Uh, the kids in my indoor classroom at the end of that that year after summer camp with Aaron, uh, I realized in like April that they didn't know each other's names. And mm. I was teaching them the alphabet and the days of the week song so much that they didn't know each other. That was really mm. yucky to me. So yeah, they know each other's names. They know each other's parents' names. They know their pets' names and what games they <laughs> like to play and what to do when they're sad. Uh, and it, it goes a long way. It's incredible. It's incredible what kids can learn through play or just even mm -hmm. through just being together. We're, and especially coming out of a pandemic when these young kids, they did not, they weren't with other kids. So really just getting used to being with other children and learning how to play uh, is such a service uh, to, but, but then to add the outdoor piece along with it is, is beautiful. Yeah. Is there anything too. else you'd like to share and where can we find you and anything else you want to share with us? I love what you're doing and it's, I'm just excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, me too. I, I love talking <laughs> about it and thinking about it. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of people who will listen to this, who are creating outdoor classrooms or improving their outdoor classrooms. And I would just encourage them to, to change it around and don't get stuck by not having walls. You can put things wherever you want. And um, there's a lot of freedom in that. And it's, it's hard to change things and it's super worth it. Yeah. Cheering them all on. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Barefeet Farm School. And then our website is barefeetfarmschool.com. And if you're close by, uh, anybody's welcome to come visit the farm. Great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us here at the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anybody who you think would enjoy it and follow us on Instagram. We'd love to continue the conversation. If you want to continue the conversation even deeper, please join us in the Circle community. The purpose of the Circle is to support, guide, and push you as you continually grow and sustain your outdoor classroom by providing the tools to help you set the right goals then actually follow through in achieving those goals with the support of our amazing community. Each month, 24-7, you get guidance and support from myself. You get to begin your journey with our new member roadmap. You get access to our outdoor teaching boot camp. You get to interact and learn from guest experts who are on our podcast. They come into our membership and join us to continue the conversation 
conversations. You get to connect and collaborate during two live sessions a month. You get access to all our online workshops and masterclasses. You get get to dig deeper with our membership missions each month and you get to become an ambassador of joy for children. I hope you can join us for the price of one workshop. You get all of this. You get to become a member of our family at Outdoor Classroom. So I hope you can join us. I will share the link in the show notes and we'll see you later. Come join us.